0: bye-bye. I've already started singing. So long to my pain and my sorrow. So long. Bye-bye. Peace. Deuces. We don't have to be acquainted anymore. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it can be over today. It can be over today. Praise his name. Amen. You are some wonderful people, and you need to know know that you're some wonderful people, and it's amazing. God has blessed you to be alive with health and strength and soundness of mind, and he didn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? For some people, that didn't happen, and that happened for you. And so I'd just like for everybody to just lift your hands and just in your own way just say thank you, Lord, for making that happen for me. You, You see what I'm saying? Thank you that that happened in my life and that that happened for me and that I am alive, and that I am well, that I have soundness of mind. We're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we're going to begin at verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 15, starting with verse 10. They are ready in the back today. Amen. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for what you've given me to share in this brief moment of time. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to ask the question why did you let that live? Why did you let that live? This is a very familiar story. Uh, Elder Smith has done a beautiful job besiege, butcher, and burn. I remember, and bury four of them. One more, I forgot one. Be- seeds, butcher, burn. Every time I get one more, amen. Last time I had two. Kind of like that game on the Price is Right where if you get two, you, as long as you got one, you're still alive. <laughs> Be- seeds, butcher, berry, burn. burn and berry, amen. Kill them. This is a familiar story. Saul's second chance to get it right. There was another time when Samuel had to rebuke Saul, chapter 13, when Saul could not wait on Samuel to arrive but offered the sacrifice himself. And just like this time, Saul blamed the people. He said, because it took you so long to come back, I noticed that the people were scattering. And to keep the people from leaving, I just decided that since you were late, that I would go ahead and offer the sacrifice myself. Samuel asked him, what have you done? You have messed up royally. The throne will not be yours much longer. God has already chosen someone after his heart that's going to take your place. This is his opportunity to redeem himself. To do it right this time. All God wanted him to do was kill everybody. Don't seem all that hard to me. Go in, kill everybody. And, and here's the thing. Whatever God tells you to do, he's empowered you to do it. So if God if God said go in and kill everybody, guess what? You got the grace, Saul, to do it. So it's not a question of ability. It's a question of willy or he. So in this particular case, Saul didn't do what God told him to do. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and 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 God is saying, I regret setting him up. Not not I made a mistake, but it it just bothers me. It it grieves me. Right. Did I did I even I, I did this? Th- it grieves me that I put Saul in this position. And and and, and he says, because he's not performing my commandments. See, see why God's grieved? There's nothing else about Saul so much that bothers him other than the fact that Saul just won't listen. Mm, And I'm going to tell you all something. Nothing bothers God more about us than the fact that we don't listen. Touch your neighbor and say, shake it off. off. Yeah, we're doing this again another Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we ain't taking this stuff into 2017. It just is not going to happen. The devil is going to lose his grip. He is a loser. And we're going to see the very best that God has for us. You know why? Because we're going to please God. Amen. We're going to please God by being obedient. Simple, right? Somebody touch your neighbor and say, simple, right? Simple, right? God tell you to forgive somebody and you don't. God asks you to sow a seed and you don't. He got a problem. problem with Saul is that Saul didn't listen. You know listening, right? Take out the trash, Edward. Trash still in the kitchen. Take out the trash, Edward. Trash still in the kitchen. Edward, didn't I tell you, I heard you. No, you didn't. What's the evidence that you didn't hear me? The trash is still. You hadn't heard God until you've done what he said. Oh, Holy Ghost. Ethel, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to move. Watch it. Watch it. I can do it. I can do it. Watch this. It grieved Samuel too. Made the man cry. Made the prophet cry. I guess Jeremiah wasn't the only prophet that weeped. And and so he got up early in the morning. He couldn't wait to find Saul so he could correct the situation, right? You ever had a situation that was on you so much that you ain't really sleep good, so the next morning, first thing, you popped up. And he popped up, and he was looking for Saul. And when he got the way he was supposed to find Saul, Saul should have been there where he, he should have been in his place, but that joker went to Carmel. Amen. Now, everybody else... Uh, Sister Palmer, when they won a victory, they would build a monument to God. Saul built a monument to Saul. He didn't build an altar. He built a statue saying, look at me. I'm wonderful, don't you agree? Went in and killed the Amalekites. I'm a great guy. So when the man of God comes walking up, he has the audacity to say, Hey, man of God, I have performed the command of the Lord. And the man of God said, Say, what? I hear. Sheep and oxen, yeah. Yeah. and is it that the king over there? Yeah. Well, see, they <laughs> brought them from the Amalekites. They did it just like they were leaving, and I offered the. I knew I wasn't supposed to offer the sacrifice. I'm gonna blame them one more time. I'm. It didn't work the last time. Hopefully it'll work again. You know, doing the same thing over and over and over again looking for a different result. You know they call that insanity. That brother must have lost his senses right there, Sheree. He's trying to tell they they took those animals. I didn't do that. They they did that. And and they the, for the people For the people spared the best sheep and the oxen. To sacrifice to the Lord, watch it—not our God, your God. And the rest, night, night, night. Now he getting involved. Now we have utterly destroyed. See what I'm saying? So when it's something bad, it's therefore. When it's something good, watch it. Be careful, real life, not to blame other people for us not obeying God. And then when we do well, nobody else had nothing to do with it. My question to Saul would have been, why did you let that live? And God told you explicitly. Kill it. There should be nothing alive. Every animal ought to be laying on their side. And every human ought to be looking at the sky. Because I gave you very specific instructions. when I gave you the instructions, I gave you my grace to get it done. So why didn't you kill it? Let me tell you a little bit about Amalek so that you have history, okay? Amalek was the son of Eliphaz, Esau's son. Anybody remember Esau? Jacob's brother. You know they had problems, right? So, the Amalekites are descendants of Esau. Jacob's name is now Israel. Esau had a problem with Israel. The Amalekites have a problem with Israel. Listen, descendants of this tribal chief of Edom were known as Amalekites, said they settled in the Negev desert and became allies of the Edomites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Ishmaelites, and the Midianites. The Amalekites were notable enemies of Israel. Amalek inherited the fraternal feud that had begun with his grandfather Esau's antagonism towards Jacob. This was written by a guy named Walter A. a. Walter a. Elwell. Now, Israel's first encounter with the warriors of Amalek came at Rephidim near Sinai. Moses stood on top of a hill, held up the the rod of God, and Israel won the battle and then built an altar in that place and named it, The Lord is My Banner. Now, to give you scriptural evidence in uh, Exodus 17, 8 through 10, it says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us uh, some men out, go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. This is a story where Moses' arms got tired and and Aaron and Hur held them up. And when the hands went down, they lost. And when the hands went up, they won. And Joshua discomfited Amalek with his sword. You see, what happened was the, Amalekite, the Amalekites attacked stragglers during Israel's wedding, uh, desert wandering. So they didn't fight the strong people. They came in and attacked the old people, the young people, and the sick people that were in the back. So what they would do is they would hide, Sister Moore. They would hide, and then they would try to catch people that they knew they could beat in order to get the upper hand on them. See, they would sneak attacks is what it was. It was like guerrilla warfare. They they were like the devil. They don't play fair. They're like the devil attacking people who he know he can to get at you. That's what he'll do. He'll mess with your kids and he'll mess with he'll mess with your family members. But he he really after you. <laughs> So, so, so Moses in his farewell speech reminded the children of Israel that they had been harassed by Amalek, um, Amalek's descendants and, and should blot out the remembrance of the name of Amalek in Deuteronomy 25, 17-19. And it says, remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt? How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks? All the stragglers at your rear? When you were tired and weary and he did not fear God? Therefore, it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. He said, When y'all get rested, take them out. They will not get away with what they've done. Promise me you remember to go get those jokes. When God gives you some time of peace. Now watch this now. So even in the book of Judges, Amalek continued to be a problem for Israel. In the book of Judges, Deborah had to deal with him. It was still an issue. Like a gnat or something. Sickening. Catch the imagery. Catch the imagery. Always messing. You get settled in, and you think everything going better, and then shoot. Here it comes again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Always some mess from the enemy. Because if you don't kill him, he'll come back. Oh, help me all the go. Watch it now, watch it now. So so in 1 Samuel 15, Saul receives the instructions of the Lord from Samuel. So Moses said, y'all supposed to take them out. And by the way, God in Exodus said, y'all going to get them. And then Moses came back and said, remember, God said we're going to get them. And now God is saying, go get them. Yeah. They've had rest. They're good. They've been in the promise. They got a new king. They're strong. They're rested. They're ready to go. God said, it's time now to go get the Amalekites. So thus said the Lord of hosts. Look at verse 2 up on the screen. I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. God says, I'm going to do it. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Fresh out of captivity. They get attacked from the rear by this enemy. Isn't it amazing that once you get free, you get free from one thing, you get deliverance from one thing, you get over something, something else comes. Yeah. Fresh out of captivity, newly free, happy, singing songs of Zion. And the next thing you know, attacks. Amalek. Somebody say Amalek. Help me preach Mother Trapio. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of Amalek. We'll all get it in a minute. Just stay with me. He said, now go and attack Amalek. Watch this. Don't you wait on Amalek to come get you. Don't you take the posture or don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. No, today I'm going to be the fight starter. Bad man hit my head. I'm going to come bump chess with you. Y'all don't remember that. Joker would dance for 30 minutes before anybody ever fought. They did that in Carolina. I have to ask because I don't know. That might have been a Georgia thing. Go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. And do not spare them. Clear? But kill, if that's not enough, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep and camel and donkey. And if there was a dog, a cat and a goldfish, get it all. Oh, God, I thank you. God didn't call us to be weak. He raised us up to be warriors. Sitting there hoping that the devil don't mess with you. Hoping that your flesh don't rise up. Take authority and go to war on that thing. Don't wait on the next time it happens. Do something now. God said, go get it. Yeah. Jesus, help me here. So Paul, so Saul looked like he's going to do it, y'all. Looking good. He gathered the people together and he numbered them, telling him 200,000 foot soldiers, 10,000 men of Judah. Woo! That's a lot of people. you ready. Don't they look ready? Two hundred ten thousand soldiers. Oh, we going to war, baby. Can't you see him? Can't you see him going to war? You ever got ready? You ever got you, got you ever got ready? But still didn't. You ever warred up? You ever put on my sword in my hand and still didn't. I need somebody to holler back at me real quick. I mean, got war ready. Came to church, heard a good fiery sermon, said, I'm going to my house. I'm going to kick every devil out of here. I'm going to sling all on the wall, sat down in the chair, turned on the TV, and fell asleep. I know I ain't talking to nobody in here. I know. I got the wrong people. The next time the enemy mess around in my house, I'm going to declare prayer in this place. We're going to grab hands. We're going to get in a prayer circle. And we're going to hit a Messiah. Here come a Cadillac. Coming down the road on a pony. We're going to call on the name of Jesus. And then when something break out, we just go to our separate rooms. I ain't talking to nobody in here, though. Nobody in here know what I'm talking about. The next time depression, anxiety, anger, fear comes upon me, I'm going to rebuke it, and we just don't do nothing. We're already, this dude look good to me. He looked good to me. He look he looked good to me. Parade soldier, look good. Can I say something? Don't no, don't nobody get mad now. Time out for just looking. You need to be who you is. Pastor Leslie, is that all right this morning? You need to be who you is. You is a child of the most high God. Time out for looking. Yes, mother. Watch Jesus. I got. Oh, Lord. So Saul came to a city in Amalek and laid wait in the valley. Mm-hmm. When we see him, we're gonna get him now. Yeah. Yeah. Watch him now. What? Then Saul said to the Kenites, depart, get down from among the the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Malachites. The Kenites were like, that boy looks serious. Yeah. <laughs> we out of here. <laughs> Now, now, listen. Now, this—that's sad stuff. Now, you've been—you've been living with the Amalekites. Now, I'm saying y'all been having lunch together, going to see the movies, riding cam all that. There, watching the camel races, all that. And and then all of a sudden, somebody—a threat—come. Them jokers packed up. Can you imagine the Amalekites? Ain't, ain't anybody seen a Kenite today? All the tents empty. I don't see no. Work, I mean nothing. Oh yeah. See, a friend is born for adversity. Yeah. Be careful. Come on, you this relationship stuff keep coming out. Theory. Be careful of the people you surround yourself around, yeah. because everybody's not going to be there when it goes down. First chance, them jokers got to go. They did what we used to do back in the day. Remember what we used to say, Apostle? Well, them jokers broke camp. Yeah. We out. We ain't fighting nobody. This between you and you. My name Bennett and, I and left the Amalekites. Saul looked serious. Saul attacked the Amalekites. Gone, boy. From Havila all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. Woo wee! Well, I'm proud of you. He didn't just get dressed, that boy went to war. Okay, yes, God bless your heart. You're gonna, you're, gonna do, you're gonna do it. He also took Agag, the king of the Amalekite. Oh. And oh, you were doing so good. You got your men together, you put your war clothes on, you started fighting. Why in the world did you let Agag live? Man, you were so close. And it says he utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So he killed all those people. But he left one man alive. God, you ain't okay with just one? Come on, God, that's it's just one man. That can't just be, that can't be that big of a deal. I killed everybody else. Oh, he's dangerous, mother. Oh. mother. <laughs> but Saul and the people. See, verse nine tell the truth because Saul lied. Saul said, the people kept the animal. No, Saul, verse nine said, I thank God for a commentator. Verse 9 said, But Paul, Saul, and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fat, and the lamb, and all that was. See, it wasn't just the people. Saul was leading the way. But when it was time to be accountable, he did it. Help me, Holy Spirit. Look what it is. All that was good, and they were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. They almost got it. Almost, but for God, almost, Just not good enough. There's a song they used to sing, I think Hezekiah Walker sang it years ago. Nine 99 and a half won't do. God says you got to do the whole thing. See, so for us to do some of what God said and not all of what God said, is disobedience. Yes. Oh, help me God. So question, I got I got a question. That's how the water boy raised his hand. I make jokes to keep y'all, you know, just keep everybody, you know. They say making jokes helps, you know. What gave Saul the right to spare any of what God said killed? What gave him the right to change the orders? Since when did Saul get to change God's word? I don't know who died and made him God. But seemed to me God's still God. My second question is... What criteria did he use to establish that anything amongst what God obviously thought was bad was good? Because it said everything that he thought was good, he kept. And then everything that he thought was bad, he killed. So I want to know what criteria, how did he decide between good and bad when God said it was all bad? Stay with me, stay with me. Or did he just choose to keep what was less worthless since he destroyed everything he thought was worthless? You know, the not so bad stuff. So since everything is worthless, he he obviously decided to keep the stuff that's less worthless. The stuff that's not that bad. I'll let that hang around. But the stuff that's real bad, I'll get rid of it. Stay with me. Maybe the answer is in the word unwilling. The word unwilling means not ready, not eager, and not prepared to do something. Maybe he just wasn't ready to kill it all. Maybe he wasn't completely ready to be sold out. He liked being king, had its perks. But he kind of wanted to be king mother, as you just said, his way. Keep the blessings coming. Because I got rid of the big stuff. I don't drink no more. I ain't smoking that weed no more. I ain't puff, puff past since 72. I quit cussing. Even in my mind. Oh, y'all looking at me. Come on now, let's just have a real church here for a minute. Since the can open, we might as well going all the way. Come on. Take out all the contents. I emptied out, it out. Dump it. I done the big things. But this ain't this ain't that much. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. God. <laughs> I, I'm a pastor. I, I study all the time. I teach Bible studies and, 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 and go to prayer and, 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 and pray for people and, and, and lay hands and all. Uh, but this little thing I do over here, don't nobody know but me and you, And and, and, and I'm not going to go to hell for it. Oh. Uh, It's a little thing, but isn't it those small foxes that spoil the vine? He said, All. It's all got to go. Okay. Not ready. Unwilling. Not eager or not prepared to do something. So let's just be honest for a moment. You don't have to raise your hand or wink your eye at nothing. Just sit there. Don't do nothing to give yourself away. There's some stuff we just weren't ready to kill. I mean, truth be told, we could have dealt with it a long time ago, but we just weren't ready yet. Amen. I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost mighty, burning fire, tongue-talking, water-walking, come on here, talk to me, somebody. But that right there, uh-uh, uh, no. don't bother that. And don't you dare say nothing to me about it either. That's mine. I ain't ready to let that go yet. God, come take it. God, you kill it. God said, no, I told you. I'm not coming to get it. I'm not going to take it away. I gave you the grace. When I gave you the command, I gave you the grace. If you're mad and you've been mad for 10 years, he said, and I, I told you to stop being mad, he said, I gave you the grace to get unmad. Oh, but I ain't ready yet. The devil is mad. And I don't care. Hey, Somebody touch your neighbor and say, go for the juggler. For the juggler. We ain't playing. We going, we ain't. I watched the video one time. A guy was doing that or He was bouncing around and kicking and twirling. And the dude was just standing there looking. And after he got through twirling, when he squared up that dude, yeah. he went down like a sack of dirt. knock him out. Look at this. Look at this. Not eager. Okay. I'll do it. I ain't excited about it. <laughs> Come on church. Is it just past the table? I'll do it God. But I ain't real excited about it. Oh yeah, I'll get rid of it. I'll stop. I'll stop watching it. I'll stop listening to it. But I got. To, I got to tell you the truth. I ain't real fired up, or I'm not prepared. I'm not spiritually. No, no more excuses. No more excuses. God didn't say fight them, did he? He didn't say fight them. God didn't say resist them. Did he say that? God didn't say capture them. What did he say? He said destroy them. To destroy means to put an end to the existence of something. By damaging or attacking it. Here's why. Because what you don't destroy will come back. One of the most profound things I have ever heard, Pastor Robeson said during our men's conference, he says, what you do not kill, your children will live to fight. That is one of the most profound things I have ever heard. Heard and city. I was right back there where Dylan is. And in that chair, I don't have kids, but I say, God, I don't want my Godchildren or my nieces and nephews or my little cousins fighting something you told me to kill. Yes. Amen. And if the Amalekites are still alive in my life, I let them live. How do I know? How do I know they'll come back? Because a remnant of the Amalekites must have escaped. Since they appeared again as David's foes while he was still a young warrior. And he had to rescue two of his wives that were carried off by the Amalekites. And killed most of the raiding party. Verse 30 of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great and did not kill anyone but carried them and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Be- because Saul didn't kill it, David's crying. Can you can you imagine a whole bunch of grown men crying? Can I tell you something? One of the lousiest, most terrible sounds you can ever hear is one crying man. That's an ugly noise. I'm telling you, there's no noise. Y'all women, y'all cry pretty. Y'all can... But us, when we really get deep down hurt, oh, that's a terrible sound. Come on, brothers, tell the truth. Don't act like you ain't never cried in here. Oh, that's a horrible sound. So can you imagine a whole bunch of grown men? All because Saul didn't do it all. Ain't problematic, ain't it? In fact, because Saul wouldn't do it, prophet had to. The That's right. That's right. prophet took his sword That's right. That's right. and said, cut that joker to pieces. Yes, and Samuel was an old man. Yes, i I, I, I got to be honest with you. I really don't want nobody else having to deal with my stuff. I don't want to have to go to Pastor Robeson about stuff I was supposed to handle. But but when, if I don't handle it, it'll get out of hand. Y'all with me? Now, here's my thing. I'm not about identifying Amalekites. You feel me? I'm not about going around trying to look at everybody and figure out what your Amalekite is. Because the real truth of the matter is, since the sermon started, you probably identified. So it's really not my job to spend 30 minutes trying to pick him out. But it's my job to say, that joker got to go whatsoever he might be, Whatever attitude, whatever spirit, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever history, that joker has got to go. He cannot go with you in the 2017. So instead of waiting until that night on the 31st to evict, I mean kill that joker, you might as well go on and put your war clothes on right here, right now, and take it out. Because fear has got to go. Yes, sir. Anxiety has got to go. Anger has got to go. Whatever has been keeping you from being your best. Whatever has kept you from living your best life now. It has got to go. Don't wait for it. You get on the offensive. Don't wait on something to happen. And then go to your prayer closet. Go now. You rested. You go to shot You rest. Some of you arrested. Some of you had a reprieve from war. God said when you get yourself together, when you get a breather, go get it. Clean that closet out. Get that stuff up off the floor. And you get on the floor. You get where the clothes used to be. Push the shoes to the side. Shut the door. Put a sign on it. Do not disturb until you hear bodies fall. It's just gonna be me and this stuff in here. Just me and this stuff. Just gonna be me and these things, things. My my thing. My flesh keep 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 bringing to the forefront the stuff in me. I, I don't bother me until I deal with this. Cause the only one that's keeping me from being who God called me to be is me. Because I won't deal with me. I see me. I know it's me. I looked in the word and I saw me. But I didn't do anything about me. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to get in this word. I'm going to worship until God helps me to deal with me. This flesh. This flesh got to stop feeding this stuff I got to stop feeding the urges and the impulses talk to me church I got to stop I got to stop I got to stop watching certain things I got to stop hanging with certain people. I got to stop reading certain things. I got to get away from the negative people who don't have anything positive to say. I got to get away from the dream killers. I got to do what I got to do because it's messing with my spirit. And God called me to do great things. And I can't do them with this stuff in my life. If I'm jealous, I got to quit being jealous. I got to start appreciating what God's done for me. I got to stop watching the next guy and looking at what God done in his life because God has done a lot in my life. I got to quit talking about folk behind their back. Whatever it is. If you starve it. Romans 8, Romans 8, 12 said, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to deed, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the who? See? Let me let me let me break this down in just everyday language. You don't owe your flesh nothing. You don't owe that unspiritual side of yourself nothing. You got me. You don't owe you don't owe the old you nothing. All of your all of your your living got to be in the spirit. And the scripture said that if you walk in the spirit. That you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And when we think about lust, please don't just think about sex. That lust is anything that's enticing us. That desire that's in us that needs fulfilling that entices us to get out of line. You feel me? One of the things I was telling the brothers... In the deacons' class, we we're talking about uh, the, the, the 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 layout Paul gave for being a deacon. Paul never talked about what the job was and how to do the job. All he dealt with was character, Amen. and we talked about that for a whole hour. Character, and we decided we don't operate in gray areas. With God is black and white, you get in the gray, you better run. Right. See, see what I'm saying? But it ain't, ain't that much, Pastor. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Take it from somebody who knows. Little deals become big deals. I don't owe my unspiritual man nothing. Somebody say that with me. I don't owe my unspiritual man nothing. He has never done anything good for me. All he was doing was helping me get a one-way ticket to hell. Best thing happened to me that I got saved. And the other stuff come behind that. Gotta hurry. Romans 8, 12 through 14, amplified. So then, brethren, we are not to live, not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature. See that? Yeah. Very clear. We're not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you will habitually Putting to death, making it stink, deadening the evil deeds promoted by the body. You shall really and generally live forever. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the. So that means stuff come back, you deal with it. You got me? Here's here's the thing about this enemy. You notice something about Amalek? As long as it was one alive. Haman, y'all remember him? A descendant of Agag. Let's put all the Jews to death. Thank God for Esther. (laughs) Y'all ladies know about that. Y'all learn about that. Joker will always come back, Sister Palmer. He won't quit. But each time he come up, you got to deal with him. So each time that thing in our carnal nature rises, Ethel, what are we going to do? Kill it. We're not going to entertain that, are we? We're not going to entertain that carnal idea or urge or feeling or, or impulse. I am not going to cuss them. No, I'm not. I'm going to speak blessings. The moment you speak blessings... That urge and that impulse starts dying. Oh, I'm depressed. I'm just going to go get up under the covers, close all the doors, turn the lights off. Don't you dare. Get in your car and go and sit with one of the saints. And as you do that, that urge and that impulse, come on, talk to me, dies. Portia has a song called, uh, I'm. Gonna, she said, I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel. Whatever I'm feeling, if I feel like I'm mad at you, Ed, and I'm never talking to you again, I'm going to give you the biggest hug I got. I'm not going to let my carnal impulses rule me anymore. Because when I was less than a Christian, it was supposed to rule. But now I'm saved and filled with all of this Holy Ghost power I talk about. I keep talking about all this Holy Ghost power. Now it's time to use it. Because it's not just for you to preach. It's not just used to sing. It's for you to live. Yes, yes, you. You are rather fetching. You, you do look good. But I'm afraid I don't do that. Amen. Amen. And in fact, you're nasty. <laughs> Did he just say that? Yes. I am a lady. Yes. I am a man of God. Amen. And I don't do stuff like that. <laughs> don't you touch me there. The devil and you are a liar. If you think we going down that road, the truth ain't in either one of y'all jokers. <laughs> I'm going to get the Bible. Sit down and listen to the word of God. I bet you they won't stay. You want to hear some scripture? Come to Bible study. I bet you they won't show up. Don't get swept up. Caught up in a sensual moment. The devil is a liar. You saw it a hundred yards off. Well, pastor, the next thing I knew. No, it ain't. Ain't no next thing I knew. You saw that job a hundred yards off and you felt stuff. Talk to me, somebody. You felt stuff. When you start feeling go the other way. Doggone it. I'm sorry. I'm Get myself together. But y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Refuse the flesh. Yeah. I'm going to fight this joker. Yeah. No, you're not. You not going to do that? whatever it is i'm just saying if you know one thing leads to another why play with one thing right. if you know that you don't if you don't apologize quickly you won't apologize then why won't you do it quickly i'm just saying y'all feel me I can't take that deal. That look kind of shady to me. Man, you sickening. Okay, I'll be sickening, but I ain't doing that. That don't look quite kosher. You feel me? That don't look right. You told me it ain't really legal. It ain't really illegal. What you mean, not really illegal? If ever you have to preface a deal, We're not really illegal. It's illegal. (laughs) I don't need to to think about that. I don't need to sleep on that. No. (laughs) The Lord just giving me examples and I'm putting them out there. So anyway, I'm going to quit. So question. What gives us the right to spare any of what God said kill? What criteria do we use to establish that anything amongst what God obviously thought was bad was good? Or do we just choose to keep what was less worthless? Since we destroyed everything we thought was worthless. You know, the not so bad stuff. Maybe the answer is in the word unwilling. Not ready. Not eager. Not prepared. To do something. The Message Bible says, so don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. (laughs) There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. Why? God's spirit beckons there are things to do and places to go. Ain't nobody got time for that. Not the flesh. Because if we live according to the flesh, it brings death. But if we live according to the spirit, it brings life. And it is through the spirit that we're able To resist the temptations of the flesh. Because I'm going to tell you, the flesh, just like the Amalekites, it keeps coming. But every time you deny it, every time you deny it, it gets weaker. Every time you deny it, it gets weaker. I told my wife, I said, silence, listen to this, silence is where Satan is his strongest. It is when we sit quietly and we just let that stuff swim around in our head that the enemy has the most power. So I made up my mind. I'm going to tell on myself. The scripture says you can confess your faults one to another. If I'm thinking crazy, I go to my wife and tell on myself. Baby, I was thinking so and so and so because I know her. She's full of the Holy Ghost. Boy, please, you better not. I thank God for a wife like that. Amen. I thank God for a wife that won't, you know, co-sign on my stupidity. Amen. Oh, but you a pastor. So i am a human, too. Right. And sometimes I get downright ornery. Okay. Y'all know what ornery mean. Y'all to watch the westerns. You pick it up. And my wife would say, you shouldn't be like that. Not a good attitude to have. And I, I might not want to hear that thing at first. You know, us men, we don't want to hear stuff sometimes. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what you talk about. And i go sit by myself and the Holy Spirit be like, now nah, you know she was right. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't stop there. Go tell her she was right. Oh. <laughs> go tell her you were right. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, y'all. Really. We, when that flesh when that carnal, we got to take the opposite track. Yes, Each time you do that which is spiritual, that which is carnal, starts dying. Amen. And there's none of it that we can hold on to. There's none of it we can keep. Without none of it. Because it's all keeping us from being our very best. Amen. In Christ. And does anyone here want to be your very best in Christ? Does anyone here want God to release everything into their life that he promised?